Good morning. Welcome to Dwell Church. My name is Nick. I'm the associate pastor here. So glad to see you guys. This is awesome. This is our first, like, Christmas time gathering. We've always taken it off. And, and look at this, these people, these beautiful faces. Awesome to see you guys. We are the true Angelinos. We are the ones who didn't go anywhere Christmas, so enjoy the no traffic. <laughs> this morning, I have the privilege of sharing what's hopefully a brief message um, with you as we close out our Christmas sermon series, Through Their Eyes. For the last five weeks, if you haven't been around or if you've missed some of them, Josh has taken us through the perspectives of Israel, of Mary, of Joseph, and the shepherds as it relates to the Christmas story. So, yeah, of course, there's, there's several characters left that we could go through. There's the Magi, of course. Then there's the donkeys and the farm, barn animals, you know. But we're going we're gonna to end it here. We're going to take a look and wrap up the series by taking a look at the Christmas story through Jesus' eyes. So the Christmas story through Jesus' eyes, basically it can be summed up this way. Goo goo gaga, goo goo gaga. Yes, that's right. Jesus, the main figure of the Christmas story, was newborn. Well, while baby Jesus was human nature, the, his, his thoughts and his mind, can, we can still take a look at because he, he might have had no idea what was going on in that moment, but he's also not just human nature. He's truly God, so he's divine nature. It's one and the same being with God. So the past five weeks, we've mostly been looking at the stories themselves and drawn some really great insights from them. If you missed any of them, I encourage you to go back, uh, take a listen to, to Josh's messages. But this week, we're going to attempt to understand the Christmas story through God's eyes. We're going to take a look at uh, John chapter 1 today, where John doesn't, he doesn't give so much detail on the events. He doesn't really talk about the manger or Mary or Joseph, but he reveals the meaning behind the events. So if you have your Bibles, or I'm going to have it up here on the screen, or your app, uh, turn with me to John 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5, and then jump over to 9 through 15. And it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then we jump over to verse 9. It says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which is, was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, but or a husband's will, but born of God. And this is what I want to focus on this morning. The word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. So would you pray with me this morning before we jump into this message? God, I thank you for this Christmas season. I thank you for the joy that it brings for many. Uh, and for those who it doesn't bring as much joy, God, we pray your comfort 
I pray that this morning as we look to you, as we look to you in the flesh coming here to earth, that we would find hope, that we would find peace. God, help give us new eyes to see uh, your meaning behind the Christmas story. I pray that you would change our hearts and, and help us to just be open to whatever you have to say today. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. So yesterday was my birthday. Thanks, guys. You didn't have to say that. Thank you, though. Appreciate it. Um, and I was recently actually inspired by Dan, who had his birthday last month. And Dan took advantage of some of those freebies you get on your birthday. He, uh, for him, it was Jamba Juice, I remember. Uh, Sarah's actually taken advantage of a good one before. Has anyone done the Catalina Ferry? When you could go for free, Sarah went by herself a few years ago on her birthday. I was working. I would have gone. I don't think we could have afforded it, actually. <laughs> um, but there's all kinds of freebies out there on your birthday. I don't know if you're aware of this. To name a few, you can get a free donut at Krispy Kreme. At Baskin-Robbins, you get free ice cream. At Suzy Cakes, you get a free piece of cake, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to go get some red velvet at some point this week because it doesn't expire right on your birthday. Starbucks gives you a free drink, so does Dunkin's, and the list goes on and on. And a lot of times when it comes to this, you have to create, you know, a rewards account um, and program into it, your birthday, add it in. But you guys know what I'm talking about? I got a quick question. Has anyone lied about their birthday just so they could get something for free on a different time of year? That's okay. You don't have to be ashamed. We're in church. It's a good place to confess. Be honest. Thank you, Doc, for your honesty. <laughs> um, but clearly, we all love free gifts. So for us, when it comes to salvation, it's really good news that salvation is God's gift, freely given by grace alone, through Jesus, through faith in him. But here in chapter 1, we see not only that the fullness of God is grace, it's also truth. So in chapter 1 of the Gospel of John, he dives right into the divine nature of our Savior. He talks about how the person of Jesus has always existed and took on human nature. He describes, and t and, and he describes Jesus as the light of the world. He isn't overcome by darkness. And ultimately, he defines Jesus as being full of grace and truth. So this morning, we're going to take a look at how Christmas hope, Christmas being full of hope, is because God is full of grace and truth. As we seek truth, the Bible is continuously pointing back to Jesus. If Josh shared a message on waiting a few weeks ago where we introduced Advent. And Advent is all about that. In the Old Testament, Israel is... is Point, uh, pointed by God in the scriptures through prophets to a Messiah, their great hope for salvation. And then in the Gospels, those prophecies are fulfilled in the life and death of Jesus. The Bible paints a very clear picture that Jesus is the truth and in him we find grace. So John chapter 1 is, is no exception for this. It highlights it. We could spend more time diving into the word and and why Jesus is referred to as the Word, and I'd be more, ha more than happy to talk with anyone who's interested in talking about that. Uh, but for, for the sake of time this morning, I want to focus on the last couple of verses that we read. The Word became flesh 
and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the word became flesh. Let's just stop right there, pause right there. I I love this song. I've had it on repeat this week. Uh, It's a song called Arrival by Hillsong. Uh, Maybe you've heard of it. It's kind of a Christmas worship song. And it says it this way. The infinite person, Jesus, became an infant. The maker makes himself known. Jesus took on human nature. He doesn't just suddenly appear as 30-year-old Jesus ready to do ministry. He doesn't just show up on earth as an adult. He takes on the most vulnerable nature, fully identifying with our human nature so that we can identify with his divine nature. This is what Christmas is all about. So it's easy to, to read the story of Christmas and get caught up in all the, throughout the Gospels, all the things that we're so familiar with seeing when it comes to Christmas. The manger, uh, Mary and Joseph, and, and the angels, and the shepherds, and the magi, and the gifts, and overlook the significance of Jesus truly being human. So let's take a minute to consider the infinite person Jesus being introduced as an infant. In Hebrews uh, 2, 14 through 15, it says, Since therefore the children shared in, the f- in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same thing, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear and death were subject to lifelong slavery. So God, he clothed himself with humanity, with the express purpose of dying so that rebellious people like you and I who are in rebellion against him because of our sinful nature, because we are human, might live with him in joy forever. So later in chapter 4 of Hebrews, in verse 16, the author says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of of, of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We have a great and divine human Savior. He comes so that we can come before him. The next part of verse 14 in in John uh, 1 says this, and made his dwelling among us. And it's important to really understand what what the language is here for made his dwelling because it gives us some insight into how Jesus comes, that the significance, the meaning behind it. And the word here is skenu. Uh, it means, it's translated to, to tents or to tabernacle. So the verb, it can also be translated as took up residence. And that's why if you take a look at the message translation, the paraphrase in that actually says the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. The dwelling of God is deeply intimate. It's a personal claim and assumes God's commitment to his people, you and I. For the Jewish people in that day, uh, tabernacling in their minds would immediately go to the tent of meeting. The tent of meeting, it was a divinely appointed meeting place. It was a, a meeting place between God and man. It was the place where God's presence and His glory, the glory of his presence resided. And essentially, it was where God's presence was restricted to where he instructed his people to come, and there was, there was laws and rituals in place of how they could approach him. 
So in the same way, but in a much deeper sense, Jesus is the place where we meet God today. So in the making of his dwelling among us, Jesus extends his presence and glory to all who believe. The coming of the Son of God into the world to do his work was the greatest manifestation of the glory of God ever. Coming into this world as a child meant that he was bringing into this world peace for God's people. In Luke 2, 13 through 14, Josh read that last week as we looked at the shepherds. Uh, it reads that, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, a heavenly army, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. So if we boil down the purpose of the incarnation, the purpose of Jesus coming in the flesh, I think it could be this, that God would be seen as infinitely glorious and that we, all who receive him in faith, would get never-ending peace in return. So as we continue on in John 1:14, we see that glory and peace come as we've seen Christ who is full of grace and truth, which brings us to the, the next verse there. Jesus is full of grace and truth. He points us to grace and truth, and the two go hand in hand. If, I, I like the definition of grace. I have it up here that it's an irresistible compulsion given to us, given to give us more than we deserve. It springs from God's unconditional love for us. And then truth, on the other hand, it has roots in divine determination to be consistent, predictable, and thereby trustworthy in dealing with humankind. So grace without truth can easily just be seen as sentimentality. But then if you have truth without grace, it can appear to be an inflexible rigidity. So grace and truth cannot be separated. They go hand in hand. They work together. One without the other will lead to an unfulfilled life. I don't know if you guys ever remember a time in your life where uh, maybe you received a gift, and whether it was a toy or an electronic, and that gift didn't come with batteries, right? And that morning, Christmas morning, your parents forgot batteries. So you're, you're all excited. You come running down the stairs. You rip open your gifts. Rip open the box only to find out that you can't use the stinking gift. Maybe it was a Game Boy, whatever it was. Um, maybe you do, you've done that with your kids and they've gotten really mad at you. I don't know. Um, but I have a gift for you guys this morning. Kuros is going to pass them out. It's a small gift. Don't get excited. Um, I brought for you guys this morning. Uh, he's going to go around and pass them out. Go ahead, Kuros. A little gift. I'll let you open them. So maybe maybe that's happened to you. And I think it can kind of... Curtis has passed them out. They're AAA batteries. So there's just two of them, though. They're expensive. Um, but Merry Christmas. <laughs> so maybe you remember that time. Maybe that's happened to you. You get all excited, only to be unfulfilled, disappointed. I can't use my toy on Christmas. That's half of what Christmas is about. I can't use this electronic. 
I can't go to a store, it's not open, except now all the stores are open, like CVS 24 hours if you ever need batteries. But grace and truth are kind of like those toys and batteries. Grace is brought to life by truth. Truth points us to our failure, to where we fall short. It brings, us to, it brings to light the areas of our life where we need God to intervene. And grace is the process of God pouring out his blessings in our life. Mainly forgiving and granting us, giving, mainly extending his forgiveness and granting to us righteousness so that we can be in relationship with him. So while I know that's not the perfect illustration, um, maybe after this Christmas, this week comes... Or maybe it's a couple months from now or a year from now. You guys are going to reach in your, your junk drawer, your utility drawer, past your scissors or, or your coup, expired coupons, whatever you have in there. And you're going to grab out those batteries and you're going to be like, thank you, Nick. And I remember grace and truth. So I hope that does that for you. If that does that for you, I've done my job today. But grace and truth go hand in hand. The fullness of God's glory, the weight and importance of his working in our lives is found in Christ, who is full of grace and truth. God did not leave us wandering in the dark, seeking truth, but he brought truth to us. Just as much as grace is a gift, truth is a gift. When we seek to find truth, we're seeking to find reality. It's only as we see things as they really are, that we're able to engage in life as we were truly meant to. So we learn from the very beginning in Genesis that there is an enemy whose goal is to do everything he can to pull you away from the presence of God, and his primary tool for doing so is deception and lies. So that's why when, when the Bible talks about Jesus being the light of man, it's so important because Jesus, as the light of man, he, he's in the truth. He draws that light on us and, and on our lives so that we can see all the areas, all the places that we fall short. And when we see that reality, when we see that truth, it's when we see that that we can respond and that, he, that we can receive that grace that he gives, that forgiveness that he extends to us. So truth is a gift. I know a lot of times people might want to shy away from uh, coming to God and asking God things like, search my heart and know me like David did. But in doing so, we're becoming who God created us to be when we're seeking that reality, when we're seeking that truth. Maybe for you, it could, it could even be something like a job or, or you're trying to f find your calling, your purpose in life, and you just want to make ends meet or, or you know, get a paycheck, and that's, that's all good. But Maybe that's keeping you from seeing the reality of what God wants you to do in your life and taking a risk. It could be sin, like I mentioned. It could be um, just avoiding that or, or being in denial about something that, that you struggle with. But when we come before God with open hearts, with hearts that want him to, to bring that truth in our life, we're able to find grace in the process. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Revealing to us, bringing that revelation of, of what God wants for us in our lives. So Satan's primary tool is deceptions and lies. Just as he distorted the truth with Eve, he will do whatever he can to feed you lies and keep you from finding grace and truth in your life. 
But Jesus, we know, is full of grace and truth. So we can look at Jesus, we can see him in his most vulnerable state as a baby and be reminded that he came so that we could find grace and truth throughout all our lives. At Christmas time, we're reminded that we have joy because he's faithful. He's faithful to, ex- to reveal to us that truth, to extend his grace, grace to us, and to give us the gift of salvation through Jesus through coming here to earth so that we could come to him. So this morning, come joyfully before God, knowing that he receives you just as you are, but in his grace and truth, he will call you to be who he's created you to be. This time, I'm going to call the worship team back up. So we experience God's grace and truth Because he came to us in a form we could identify with. It's what sets Christianity apart from every other religion out there. We can go to God because he came to us. We don't have to work to earn salvation. We don't have to do X, Y, and Z before we come before God and ask God to change us, to transform us into who he created us to be or to receive his grace, to receive his forgiveness. Jesus came to us so that we could see and identify with him in human nature, nature just like us, from being a baby. So we come, as we come to him, directing our thoughts and actions in a way that seeks him, we draw close to the light that shows us the way. The more intimate we become in our relationship with God, the more clearly we will see the things as they're meant to be. It all starts with responding to truth. Maybe you've, at some point in your life you've sought truth and God through the Holy Spirit has revealed truth to you and you know the truth, Jesus. And now we're given the responsibility to continuously seek truth as we've received that grace It's a continual process of seeking truth and finding grace and seeking truth and finding grace in the process so that we don't stay where we are, so that we grow as people, as the people that God wants us to be. And and in that, we are fulfilled. We are fulfilling other people's lives. We're seeing the light of Christ in us be extended to other people. God makes his dwelling among us, but he's not a squatter. You have to invite him in. So today, as we go into the candlelight portion of our gathering, ask God to illuminate his truth and pour out his grace on your life. Ask him to give you eyes to see. He's your creator, and he's taken on the form of the created one. So I promise you that he knows your deepest thoughts your struggles, your deepest desires. He knows it all. The maker has made himself known. So this morning, I'm going to invite you all to stand with us as we get ready to sing the next song. And I'm going to light a candle. Someone hit the lights in the back.
So in response today, we're going to sing a couple of songs. And as we do, we're going to light this room up with candles. And we do this every year, not just because it looks beautiful, which it does. But there's also a great beauty in what it represents. That as we receive and find the light of the world, Jesus Christ, we extend it to others. And in doing so, we become a family. We bring light to this world. And this Christmas season is such a great reminder of that, of Jesus' incarnation, of him coming. And just as he came and dwelt among us, so we too go out with our light, the light of Christ in us, and we dwell among people in this world to extend that light. 